0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making It Count with Christina and Will, where we explore real ways to make your hard-earned money count today and every day.
1: No matter your financial goals, we want to offer practical tips and insider tricks to help you accomplish them.
0: Along the way, we'll learn from our local financial experts,
1: answer listener-submitted questions,
0: and share our own money experiences.
1: So together, let's Make make It it count. Count.
0: everyone, and welcome to Making It Count.
1: Christina, I can't believe we're already five episodes into our second season.
0: Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it, Will?
1: Always. <laughs> and today we are starting a new three-part miniseries called Money and Love Ooh. to kick off 2021.
0: Ooh, this one's going to be so much fun. And this episode is specifically about financial compatibility, which is is a big topic for couples no matter how long you've been together.
1: That's right. And I always hear that money is the number one source of tension in relationships. And it's easy to see why. If you're not on the same page financially, it can lead to other problems. That is
0: so true. One study that I actually just read found that 82% of people in committed relationships surveyed that they argue over purchases before.
1: I'm sure, Christina, that you and your husband are part of the 18% that have never <laughs> argued, right?
0: We never argue about money. Ah, uh, you, you see me crossing my fingers in the back. I mean, we don't usually that much, but what about you and Zach?
1: Um, no, because I was extremely picky when I met him. <laughs> and I asked like a lot of probing questions. I was like, so credit scores. What
2: On do you think about date, those? Right?
1: And like, you know, I, yeah. And, and so I, I figured it all out very quickly. We really haven't had a whole lot of arguments about money.
0: Probably because you had those very forward conversations on your first date. Did you ask him, like, I need you to pull that credit report and I need to go line by line?
1: No, but, like, I actually kind of brought it up to see if, like, what he would do. And he started bragging about it. Oh, And he started, well, like, naming, like, specific things. He was like, yeah, I just hit whatever. I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's not a number you're going to get if you got collections items. So we're good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, Will, I think it's now time to introduce our three very smart friends that are joining us today. And I'm so excited to have each and every one of them with us today.
1: Same. First up, we have a newlywed couple from Addition Financial, Katie and Jordan. Can you please introduce yourselves?
3: Hi, Will and Christina. My name is Katie George And I'm still getting used to saying that, but I am a senior relationship manager here at Addition Financial for the last seven years, and I just married Jordan uh, a little over three weeks ago. Aww. Aww.
2: Jordan, can you please introduce yourself? I don't I don't know if I can follow that, uh, but yeah, my name is Jordan George. I'm the director of human resources here at Edition Financial. I've been with the company uh, for about six years and in the credit union industry as a whole for um, going on 15, Katie and I actually met not at work, but through a mutual friend that worked here. And we've been together for about uh, almost six years as well. So the, the timing kind of works out that way. And I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having us.
0: Well, thank you guys both for being on the show today. And then we have our returning guest, Rod Griffin from Experian. Rod, how long have you been with your wife?
4: Oh, Christina Willis, great to be back, I think. we might I might have a different opinion. My, and my wife might have a different opinion by the time this is over today. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. We've been together. It's debatable. Since 1991 is when we met. I was a little slower on the on the uptake than she was. So it took me seven years to propose. So we've been together, married now for 22 years. Wow,
0: so that means you've been together for 29 years?
4: Yes, almost 30,
1: yeah.
0: Wow, congratulations. That's
1: awesome. Well, thank you all so much for being here. We're gonna have some fun with this topic, which I think is something that's really top of mind for many of our listeners, because they might be actively fighting with their spouses (laughs) about this. Before we get started, I need to ask you all as well, when did you know you were financially compatible with your significant other? And let's start with Jordan, when did you know?
2: Uh, I think for me, it was when Katie allowed me to do the budget. She, oh. she she basically didn't put up any argument or fight at all. I was like, you know, I've seen this be a problem for people before being in this industry for such a long time. I'm big into spreadsheets and numbers and budgeting and all that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> fun is, is again, debatable. All there, that fun, fun <laughs> spreadsheets. Um, But Katie did not argue with me at all. She was totally fine with it. And so I was like, OK, this is good. This is a good first step. She was on board. Katie, when did you know you were financially compatible with Jordan?
3: So my first impression of Jordan was that he had his life together and he was like a really high functioning grown up adult. I kind of always got the impression that he had all his ducks in a row and from a very young age, he kind of was on his own when it came to money and learning how to manage it. But so my moment came before I gave Jordan all of my statements and all of my financials when he was helping me budget. And that was I would say that was within the first six months we were dating so that he helped me do that. But I trusted him enough to give him all the access.
2: So, Katie, six years later, do you still feel like I have all my ducks in a row? <laughs> no, I was like, there's like a first impression a lot
1: there.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my no, first
3: thought I, was... Yeah, I trust yeah. you implicitly when it comes to money. Wow. She does. She does. Yeah.
2: She's she was very good with that. And that was actually a really good story. Like when we really early on we started dating, she wanted some help and she and I was like, I need you to give me all of your statements so we can analyze where you're spending your money. And she did it with really without like a second beat and it was pretty amazing. So. I thought I was nosy. That's amazing. Good for you. It was a good um pretense for getting yeah. to know more about her spending habits, right? It builds
1: a lot of trust though. So okay, Rod, what about you? When did you know you were you were financially
4: compatible with your wife? Yeah, probably right away because neither of us had any money at all uh, I was a journalism <laughs> student graduate and st- we met at work at a little daily newspaper in Kansas she was the circulation manager and copy editor sat across the desk from me and so we were working I calculated my income at one point was two dollars and fifty cents an hour if we figured the hourly. Uh, week that I was working so I brought student loan debt to the relationship and and you know we worked together on on that uh, and we were able to talk about those things right away she was a single mom so we had money talks from the beginning and you know how do we work together to reach our goals and and our our objectives and manage what little we had so we found ways to work together we had a side gig as country dance instructors for a while. Uh, so, you know, we, we would do whatever we needed to do. Uh, she told me that she married me for my potential. So (laughs) that was good, I guess, except earlier this year, she told me she thinks I reached my potential. So I don't know what that means exactly.
1: Yeah. I kind of wish she was here so I could be like, well, did that potential
4: span out? (laughs) You're going to need to
0: let us know. Now what? I don't know. All right, so I'm gonna start, Rod, with you. Let's start with a big picture question. Why do you think money is such a contentious topic in a romantic relationship?
4: In large part, I think it's because it's so core to achieving what you want to achieve in life. Uh, And if you don't have goals that are aligned, uh, it it can make it very difficult to work together. Uh, So I think that's kind of the first issue. If you have very little, the way you approach money uh, and you know, the wants versus needs issue can rear its ugly head in the relationship. So, you know, it's control. It's about feeling like you can't have the things you want when you want them. Uh, so it creates tension. Uh, and if one person uses money to control the other or the other person feels like they're losing control, that can be an issue as well. So it's it's kind of core to all the decisions that you make as a couple.
1: So this, I'm gonna ask Katie and Jordan, cause we kind of already touched on it with the fact that Katie was so upfront and trusting Jordan with her finances. But when do you think it makes sense for couples to talk about money?
2: I think early on is good. You know, it's one of those, again, kind of taboo subjects that you don't really talk about with a lot of people. We talk about this here at Edition Financial as we're meeting with our members is that's a sensitive subject. There's not many people in your life that you discuss your your pay, your credit score, your purchasing habits, your borrowing habits with. And so it can be a really kind of scary and sensitive subject. But I think in that, and still in, in that in still keeping in that mind the earlier you can start to have discussions about how you prioritize your spending and and what you want to be working towards as a couple whether that's something big like buying a house buying a car something really far out there for maybe first time couples like saving for a child's college tuition or something like that right probably not something you want to dive into right away <laughs> but even if it's something small like setting aside a budget to go out To dates, you know, and have money to spend, or how we're gonna buy gifts for each other, or what kind of vacations we want to go on. And is it something gonna be low-key and local, or are we going big and extravagant? Those types of conversations I think are really good to have pretty early on in the relationship.
3: I think you can really like dive into that. It's obviously not a first date question, but There are other things that you can talk about early on that will start to uncover how your significant other views money based on maybe like their family and how they were raised and maybe ask how old were you when you got your first job. And I don't think it's crazy to talk about student loan debt. I mean, so many people have it. So that also is a good thing to know early on. And when they pay for things, do they put it on a debit card or a credit card? These are little things that I took mental note of early on, even before I asked Jordan to help me budget. And I didn't like give over my statements because I just wanted him to see exactly who I am. We had a purpose for doing that. He was helping me create a budget. It wasn't like I was just like, here, this is me. Get to know me. We had a reason for doing that, especially so early on.
1: I imagine like a scene like crying in the rain and you're like throwing bank statements at him like this is who I am take
2: me or leave me this is all of me <laughs> But I think so. a really good and vulnerable thing that she did there, I think a good kind of note for other couples that may be considering doing the same thing or be at that stage in the relationship where they're starting to share these things is it was really important for me not to make Katie feel bad about any of what she was sharing with me. Not saying that there was anything to feel bad about, but it's just a very vulnerable thing to put that kind of visibility around how you're spending your money. And it could very easily have become something that I was nitpicking over. Or why are you doing this? Or why are you spending your? money this way you just look and, at the statement and go wrong yeah, yeah. bad bad no, we're through no. yeah it's, it's over no um but no it was really important for me to like just find the things she was doing right and encourage those while still helping to kind of guide and and have conversations around things that she wanted to work on without any blame or shame
0: rod katie and jordan just shared with us so many great questions do you have any other questions that you think are key for when starting a relationship and taking it to the next level
4: You know, I think back to when we really, you know, after we got married, one of the things that was contentious for us—that probably more contentious than anything I can remember—was talking about how do we put together emergency savings because it meant we had to figure out what we're going to give up for a while. And so we took six months to save a thousand dollars because we were just starting out, and we saved a little each month. But my wife's style at that time was a bit different than mine, and we had to work through that. So we had to learn to talk about what's the long-term goal. I think those things can be harder because it is something that could be over the horizon or the unknown and reaching agreement on where you want to be. And thinking about that distant future is harder to do. So, you know, I think that's one of the things that the savings piece spending is pretty easy to do. Unfortunately, sometimes saving is harder.
1: So I'm going to open this up to whoever wants to take it first because I think there's a lot of different opinions on it. But when does it make sense to combine finances and what are some ways to do it? Or is it ever okay to not combine finances?
3: Yeah, I've I'm say- a big again. <laughs> of,
2: course, of course, everyone starts at the same time.
1: My plan worked.
3: Yeah, I'd say whatever works for the couple. I mean, I know we lived together for several years and never combine our finances we just decided how we were going to split all of the bills and one of us paid whatever bill was assigned to that person and the other sent the money on payday or or whenever but we ultimately decided to combine when we knew we were going in on something that had both of our names on it which was our house and it was just going to make life a lot easier if we opened a joint account and put part of our paycheck into that account to pay things related to and around buying a house together since we were both listed on the mortgage.
2: We had talked about it several times before that. And I think even with us being in this line of work uh, and talking about this stuff all the time, we were still a little scared to do it and to actually make that leap. But like Katie said, when it came to buying the house, it just made sense. And that was kind of the start of it. And I know what's worked really well for us is not We've got our, our joint accounts that we use to pay everything that we're both on, but we also keep separate accounts for like fun money. And that way everybody has their own money to do with what they want without any sort of criticism. I mean, the number of Amazon packages I get, um, <laughs> uh, delivered and Katie never gives me a hard time about it. Likewise, I don't know what she's doing at Walgreens and CVS, but she loves Walgreens. she's a huge Walgreens fan. So, you know, but again, it's like having that separate account also makes It's so that we never fight over that little stuff. As long as we're paying ourselves first and putting that money into savings, we're paying all of our bills and uh, nothing's coming out late, then we're kind of in a good place. So it's a little bit of the best of both worlds in that sense.
4: What about you, Rod? What do you think? And that's, we do a similar thing. I think that's, you know, we have ours, mine and yours kind of accounts and it lets us kind of take away that judgment on how we're spending what we've agreed to as our own spend. And then you know what we're doing together, whether it's vacations or home buying or what, you know, whatever it might be that we talk about. And at the same time, we're joint on our individual accounts as well, I guess you could say. And that way we have full access to what's there. There's no secrets. Everything's on the table. And I think that's core for us, for trust and transparency and uh, making sure that we're fully honest with each other that's really what's key for a couple. You know, when you think about when you join, I'm kind of old fashioned. it, It gives you that at least one clear point is when you are legally merging your lives. If you're getting married, for example, that would be a good time to think about how you blend your finances because you then have a legal relationship that can affect your future if that relationship ends too. So, you know, at the very latest, I think that's when I would consider a time to to look at blending your financial accounts.
0: I think that's such a good point to even in your individual accounts, have them as a joint just in case, especially we just did a podcast about planning for end of life like that would definitely make that process easier if unfortunately someone at least you have access to those funds after the fact. So, Rod, I'm going to start with you and then I want to hear from Jordan and Katie, what are some ground rules that you would recommend to start these conversations?
4: The thing that works for us is that every money conversation is about goals, and we start there. So we may not even be talking about money. It's about where we want to be or what we want to do at a given time. Are we planning for a vacation? Are we planning to buy a house? Are we going to need to buy a car? Those sorts of things, and then you look at, well, what does that entail? And you work down to the financial aspect. And that makes money a goal uh, achievement tool, I guess you could say. It's the tool to reach those goals rather than a barrier to them. And so if we start with a conversation about shared goals, it eliminates or at least greatly reduces that potential for conflict for us. So it makes it much easier to talk about money. And it, in our relationship, we talk about money every day in some way you know it might be i need to get gas for the truck how many points do we have on our card at the grocery store for a discount and which you know we're we putting it in the truck or are we putting it in the car and how do we divide it that's still a money conversation and in these days it's even do we need to get the gas or can we just drive the car because we're not going anywhere so everything can be a money conversation but if you start from a goal perspective or a need perspective It helps us have a a, a talk rather than an argument.
0: I love the thought of starting with a positive, like you're starting positively because you're working towards this amazing thing that you want to work towards. I love the goal conversation first. Jordan, what about you guys? What kind of ground rules did you guys set from the beginning?
2: I think one of the main things that we discussed is trying to automate as much as we can and, and kind of like a set it and forget it mentality. And that comes down to really kind of two things is Most of our bills are on auto pay, so we never have to worry about missing a payment. And the second is allocating our savings and our money in a way that we basically do by percentages. So regardless of increases or changes or or whatever is happening in, in our spending habits and the money that we're making, things like that, the money is all allocated kind of for us. And then the only time we really need to have any kind of deliberation is if we have a new goal that we're saving for. Like what Rod said a lot, if you're having kind of a a goals focused conversation, it makes it so much easier because as long as you and your partner are aligned in terms of what your financial goals are, then it's easier to justify why you do or don't spend money at a certain time. So for example, and Katie can tell you a lot more about this because she handled 90% of it, but our recent biggest goal was the wedding. And that's a huge financial cost for many families. And so for us, it really came down to making that a priority and saying, we're going to shift money from other places, either from savings or from paying extra on other loans and things like that. We're going to kind of divert those funds towards this this wedding expense so that we don't come out of our wedding super in debt. Not a great way to start a marriage. <laughs> I, I know, un- unfortunately, it's unavoidable for a lot of people, but we're lucky enough to be in a situation where we could avoid it if we planned properly.
3: Yeah. And I think that the wedding, we did two big financial things together this year. And that goes to the point of not wanting to surprise your significant other with things when they pull up the statement or go to check balances. So Jordan and I had a lot of talks about this money. We might not pay more than the minimum on this credit card this month. We might not put as much into our emergency savings this month and, or, Hey, I see that this is getting a little low. And I know we have one more bill coming out before payday. I'm going to move some money over from here but we always talk about those decisions before we do them. Neither one of us make those and then the other is surprised. because I think that is a, a good ground rule to set. Nobody likes surprises, especially when it comes to money, unless you're giving them money. That's a great surprise. But we talked about everything before we moved anything around or made any decisions and that just arming your person so that they're not shocked when they go to pull up the credit card statement or the bank statement
1: so what if there is a big disparity in income how can couples negotiate those differences in a way that's
2: equitable and i'll
1: start with jordan on this one
2: so one thing that Katie and I had talked about early on, and I think you can do this regardless of the gap in pay disparity with couples, is splitting things not equally, not 50 50, but based on the amount of income that's coming into the mm. household. Important. So, for example, uh, couples, if, if one person's making roughly 60% of the money coming into the household, the other is making 40%, then split the bills the same way. And that way, it doesn't feel unkind or unfair to the person who's making less. They still feel like they're contributing. Something you're not taking pity on that person and saying, "Well, don't." I'll just pay for everything. You know, they can still contribute, but they're contributing equitably along with what they're bringing into the household instead of having to split everything right down the middle and then that person feeling left with they don't have any extra money left over potentially to spend on the things that they want to spend money on.
1: A little more fair and not so much like, "Oh, you make less."
2: And, right? Yeah, yeah. It's equating it to their income instead of looking down on them as being a lesser contributor, it's they're contributing equally based on what they can bring into the household. Uh, And I think, again, that works whether your pay disparity is rather large or even small. I mean, it's just, I think, a good general practice for folks that are in relationship.
1: So Katie, considering you make so much more than Jordan, (laughs) I want to make sure you're being equitable to him. How do you handle that?
2: Yeah,
3: I know. I mean, Jordan really, handled that early on by himself like he initiated that and I was really impressed because I always expected everything would be split down the middle but Jordan sort of took the initiative with that and and he just did it it wasn't even really a discussion he broke it down that way and that actually really helped us early on when he did that when we were paying rent and utility at an apartment it made me trust him more so I think just that fairness allowed me to be a little more vulnerable with him and trusting with when it came to money with him. I mean, all of our money is our money at this point. And we said that out loud and made that agreement and sort of like shook on it and said, it's not your paycheck and my check anymore. These are our paychecks. All of this is all of ours. So we don't really talk about my money or his money. It's our money, all of it combined.
1: I think you said a really, really key word there, being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. like allowing yourself to be vulnerable, especially with your partner and opening those lines of communication. Like there's power in that. So... That's just what I wanna say.
2: Yeah, really, that was all an investment in my future because Katie's earning potential is much, she's much smarter than me. Uh, so she's gonna far outpace me uh, for probably the majority of our lives. So I was just really setting myself up for success in the long run by making that <laughs> Do you hear that, Katie? He's a gold digger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Rod, what would you suggest for families that maybe have a stay-at-home parent? Is there, how should they navigate those waters?
4: With Katie and Jordan, it's our money is our money. It's not about who's making more. If one or the other is using that, it's a power play. And that's not going to be good for a relationship. If you're in a committed relationship, the money goes into an account and it's our money. So I agree completely with that. My wife was a single mom. So I can tell you, raising kids is the hardest job in the world. So if any men that are listening, if your wife is raising those kids and is a stay at home mom, she deserves more than you get paid ever. So (laughs) that's remarkable. I have two women who work for me and they're both moms and I don't know how they do it because they're working and they're the primary caregiver for their children and taking care of the house. And it's amazing. So there may not be a Paycheck with taxes taken out or Social Security, but they earn everything that you make, uh, and that's just my view. I, you know, it's it takes both of you to run a household, to raise a family, to care for each other. So one job is no different than the other, and one job may not have a paycheck associated with it, but it doesn't mean it's not worth just as much or
1: more. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, everyone. We're gonna go on a quick break and we'll be back with a surprise segment.
0: Ooh, a surprise. Oh, Lauren, I wanna know what you have up her sleeve. All right, we'll be right back.
1: Making It Count is sponsored by Addition Financial. When your want to needs a little know-how, turn to the Money Smarts experts at Addition Financial.
0: Just like this podcast, they're committed to empowering our community to make the best financial decisions possible. Count them into your financial journey at editionfi.com.
1: Early insured by the NCUA and an equal housing lender. Welcome back to Making It Count. Normally during our Making It Count Essentials segment, we ask some serious and some fun questions that Christina always gets (laughs) for our guests to answer at a rapid fire pace.
0: So this time, since we're talking about financial compatibility, well, we, meaning Lauren, thought it would be a really good idea to get our partners involved. So Lauren, our awesome executive producer, hi, Lauren. Hi, everyone. She actually sent questions to Will and I's significant other, our husbands. So we're going to kind of do a financial newlywed game. So you know I'm going to win, though, so...
1: This is going to be really fun. Each correct response gets a point, And at the end, the person with the most points wins. Lauren will read off the questions to get our answer on air. And we will see if it matches what our partner said. Is everyone ready? I think ready. so. Ready. All right.
5: I also reached out to Rod's wife Phyllis, so I do have her responses as well. So everyone will be playing and I have Katie and Jordan's responses too, even though they'll they'll be answering on air as well. We can I'll fact check them to make sure uh <laughs> that they're they're not cheating no behind cheating. the scenes. All right, sounds
3: good.
5: <laughs> okay, so the first question we have is who pays the bills in your house? Christina, why don't you answer first? Easy. I pay all the bills. Ding ding ding. Yay. 1 point. Christina, Mark, your husband also said Christina pays the bills. Yep. So. There we go. Okay, well, who pays the bills in your household? I do. (laughs) Very good. Zach says, I take care of a few, but let's be honest, it's mostly Will. So, yeah. (laughs) Point for you guys. Good job. Okay.
1: Zach has, like, complicated answers. Like, he can't just be like, yes or no. Zach's like, let me elaborate.
0: No, Mark's going to be like, yes, no,
2: this.
5: (laughs) It was very factual. (laughs) Okay, so with Katie and Jordan, Jordan, why don't you answer first and then we'll see if your answer matches Katie's.
2: All right, I'm going to go three for three for those of us in the podcast studio and say it's totally me that pays the bills.
3: <laughs> and Katie, what did you say? I said auto pay and then mostly
2: Jordan. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, but who set up the auto pay to begin with, did right? Jordan get
3: okay, that would be Jordan.
5: Yes. <laughs> All right, thank no, he, you. She did say mostly Jordan, so that's good. And then, Rod, what about you and, and Phyllis? Who pays the bills in your household?
4: Yeah, Phyllis does for the most part. I have one or two, but she takes care of the, of the bill paying.
5: Ding, ding, ding. That's also what Phyllis said. Okay, so we're good. Woo-hoo! Doing good so far. Everyone got a point on that one. <laughs> okay, no, question number two. Christina, who is the bigger spender in your relationship? Oh, I'm going to say that he
0: said me. Because I am the one with, I I like Katie and Jordan. (laughs) If he's
1: the bigger spender, does he spend absolutely nothing? Nothing?
0: (laughs) I've had some Amazon boxes like Katie and Jordan show up at my house and they're delivered to me. So I'm going to say and he like never buys lunch. I am a lunch like I don't like cooking. So I he, yeah, I'm going to say he said me.
2: I also like that you didn't answer the question. I know you're supposed to answer Lauren, the question, asked Christina. Who is the bigger who's spender? The bigger and spender? Christina says, "Well, I think he would say me." But she didn't mention <laughs> She's admit trying to win. She's trying to win.
0: I'm just talking myself into it. Yeah. So I'm going to say Mark said that I am the bigger spender. So,
5: Christina, you're the bigger spender. Yes. Mark actually said he was the bigger Whoa. spender because he does all the grocery shopping. Oh, that's true. The public's bill is groceries. a thing. That's Very true. factual.
1: Well, that's a I big wouldn't one have counted. Too. I yeah, mean, like, groceries or groceries, no. man. No. Yeah um in my relationship i'm afraid to hear what zach said but yes i am the bigger spender
5: he said easiest question ever definitely will Whoa! <laughs> however
1: i would just like to clarify that he is this month because there's a ps5 sitting on my credit card statement
5: oh right now. how did oh that's a whole nother episode
1: but
2: actually it's yeah and that's a whole long story he's gonna be like that's wrong
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay jordan answer first who's the bigger spender
2: well if you were going solely by the number of amazon packages delivered to our house it would be me but i think if you take into account all spending in the relationship i would say katie oh
5: and katie what did you say definitely me ah. yep.
2: <laughs> it's that walgreens. walgreens how
0: could you spend so much money at walgreens though I know. What are Katie, you I got to hear about that. I
2: think she's got stock or something and she's just going about the wrong <laughs> way it. of increasing our investment. I don't, I don't, I don't know.
3: spend it all at Walgreens. I mean, I just I think it's because the things that I buy are more expensive than the stuff Jordan buys. He buys like Amazon Basics and I do not.
1: I feel that on a deep level. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm, I'm a simple man. You know, I, I don't need a lot. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's probably the case.
5: Okay, Rod, who's the bigger spender in your relationship?
4: Okay, so we've done the math on this. Oh. And the answer is it's about equal. Wow. The way we spend is different. When I spend, I usually save up and I'll buy something big. You know, this year it was a kayak. So it's like a big thing. My wife spends a little bit a lot. So it's like, okay, how many pairs of yellow box shoes do you need, actually? But (laughs) when you add it all up, it comes out about the same. Oh. Okay. She'll probably say I spend more because I buy bigger stuff.
5: I'm curious to see what Phyllis says. I know. She has to be whispering in your ear because that is exactly oh, is there what Phyllis is going on at the Griffin house. <laughs> she she said Rod is the bigger spender as in larger dollar amounts, but I nickel and dime things. He buys larger, more expensive items. Man. So, yes, yeah, very good. Done. Good job. Yeah,
4: see, we had a long conversation about this a couple years ago. <laughs> so, yes, so far, so good.
5: Okay, question three What's the first big ticket item that you've ever bought together as a couple? Christina. Oh, man. Oh, a I'm going to. Bluetooth gonna... car. <laughs> that was under my name, though. That
0: was not uh, he and I's purchase. I would have to say our first home, our townhouse.
5: That is also what Mark said. Good job, ding, ding, ding. Okay, well, your turn.
1: That's gonna sound really small compared to the townhouse. (laughs) Um, I think the first thing that we bought together, Zach is gonna say he paid for this. I think it was our TV.
2: A TV. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What's so the story behind that? Zach said that he paid for
1: it. Well, because I said we didn't need one because we already had one, but he uh, wanted a different one. And so then I was like, well, you can buy it. But then we went out and got it. And then we both end up paying for it because that's sure. how things work. Yeah. Um, but he's probably going to say something else because he's going to be like, I paid for the TV. <laughs> <laughs> and
5: it's t- that's so funny. A TV. Okay. What did he, we- he did, in fact, say something else. He said a sofa from West Elm. Dang, West Elm. Yeah. You know,
1: who picked up the sofa and brought it home? <laughs> Because I was like, I'm not paying $50 for shipping, so I'm Uh, getting a friend to like.
2: I'll pay hundreds of dollars for a sofa, but I'm not paying the 50 to have them shipped. That's how I
1: justify it. Wow. And I did. I got that thing home on my own. That's great. (laughs) And your Corolla? It was waiting for Zach when we moved in. It was waiting for
2: him. is it strapped to the top like a Christmas tree? (laughs) On On I-4. They're very efficient.
5: (laughs) Okay, so for question three, I'm going to let Katie answer first. Katie, what is the first big ticket item you bought with Jordan? Oh, that was easy. Uh, our house.
2: Yeah, like we said, we didn't combine finances until uh, a year before we got married, and it was in anticipation of buying the house. So that's what I would have said, too.
5: Good job. Yay. Point for you guys. woo Okay, Rod, what about you? What uh, What's the first big ticket item you bought with Phyllis?
4: Oh, boy. Um, I mean, what do we mean? Can we define big ticket? <laughs> Well, we've got everything between a TV <laughs> and a house, a house so, house, so. <laughs> you make the call. <laughs> I would, say, I mean, I think big, when we think big, I'm th- it would probably be our house.
5: Yep, that's also what Phyllis said. Hey! Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Will. No, no points for that one.
1: I <laughs> blame Zach.
5: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So for question four, Christina, what did you say is Mark's best financial habit? Oh my gosh.
0: This is so stressful. Um, His best financial... He... Always, he has always been a big proponent of let's retire as early as humanly possible, which I am a hundred percent towards. So I would say he his best financial habit is he always pays retirement first. Like he has like so much of his paycheck going towards our retirement.
5: Now I asked Mark, what did he think Christina would think would be his best financial habit and he said not spending money on unnecessary things. Oh. Probably to contribute to this for retirement. Pay, right, right, yeah, right. yeah. Darn it. <laughs> okay, and then let's see what Mark said. He thinks your best financial habit is he said saving car payments after it's paid off. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I I'm, yeah. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. I forgot I do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Christina beforehand I did ask you what you thought mark would say about you and you said making sure we're on track for retiring as early as we possibly can so i will give you one point because you both said things about retirement i got a point (laughs) (laughs) Oh Mm. well,
1: (laughs) rigged (laughs) okay
5: Okay, well what do you think is zach's best financial habit
1: zach's best financial habit is he's a good saver he's really good at, at saving like he yeah i would say saving
5: okay and then Zach said about himself, I'm pretty good at using my work benefits to set money aside for 401 K which
1: is kind of what I'm talking about, because yeah, like that's, that's what I'm saying. We- like he, he literally like he maxed out like how much he can contribute to his work stocks. And he's like been increasing his 401k. Like most of his money is going somewhere for saving. So. <laughs>
0: That's definitely a point. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a point. For oh, sure. thank you, Christina. <laughs> Never
1: point. mind.
2: It's not rigged. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say it I'm works seeing, for me. So I'm seeing a little bit of a trend here in these relationships. Like if you have a spender, you need to also have a saver. Mm-hmm. So in this case, you know, Will has already mentioned that he's the spender right and Zach's the saver. So I think that works that's out true. really well.
5: Okay, so then here's what Zach said was your best financial habit. Um, he's really good about knowing all the fun different letters of finance. 401k, IRA, ABCDEFG. You get the picture. <laughs> he had some very funny answers. Um, he's so very...
1: my best financial habit is that I'm good at just knowing that things are out there. No,
2: I, think, I, think, I think he's saying that you sound knowledgeable yes. regardless of whether you actually are or not
0: that sounds right. Well, your best financial habit
3: is that you're on a podcast about good financial habits.
2: Exactly. That is what he should have said. said. A a top-rated financial education (laughs) podcast. (laughs) You have
1: five stars on iTunes.
5: (laughs) They're not all from me at all. (laughs) Fake accounts. Um, But he did also say you're very good at telling him when he needs to watch the budget. But now we just have to get him to do the same. (laughs) So we'll work on that. But um, so then, Will, I also asked you what you thought Zach would say about you, and you said planning, but not necessarily saving.
1: Yes, and I think he touched on it with the budget because I am very good at, like, I do track our expenses. Every quarter, I actually do a review of our Income, our ass, well, the income doesn't change every quarter, obviously, but like (laughs) I, you know, I have the income there, but then I look at our expenses. I look at our debts and I look at our assets so that we can have like a full picture of like everything.
0: Wow. That's really good.
1: It's my fun spreadsheet, like Jordan said. (laughs) Glad someone else gets it.
5: Okay, so now we're on to Katie and Jordan. Katie, I asked you, what do you think Jordan's best financial habit is and what did you say?
3: I said, paying off debt quickly and budgeting.
5: That's awesome. And then I asked, oh my gosh, it gets so confusing. (laughs) So then I asked Jordan what he thought was your best financial habit. And what did you say, Jordan?
2: I think Katie's best financial habit is that she always finds room in the budget to recognize significant days and events for our family and friends. Like, she is Aww. always the one to remember that a birthday. Thoughtful, so thoughtful. She, and she's incredible at it. Like, I forget every birthday, every event, every, like, milestone and she remembers all of them and usually has a gift picked out before i even remember that the date came came up on the calendar <laughs> Aww, it's
0: great katie It's has to do with spending but that's really thoughtful that it's, it's
2: spending in like a very generous way yeah. and so i can't be mad about that at all <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. i do like buying gifts for people
3: and it, they do not all come from walgreens
5: <laughs> <laughs> sure sure not a chia pet <laughs> okay so then to see if you matched up jordan this is what you said you thought katie would say about you what did you say
2: i I said that she would think i'm good at budgeting and saving as we've talked about that's kind of like my niche so yeah and that's
5: that's exactly what she said so good job on that one (laughs) and then katie what did you think jordan would say about you
3: i don't remember what i said hold uh going to him for budgeting advice (laughs) (laughs)
5: no that is that's that's what you said he'll probably say let him pay the bills and create our own budget is my best financial habit
2: (laughs) all right so we didn't get the point in the game but you just got a point from me brownie (laughs) (laughs) that's a great answer
5: (laughs) (laughs) okay and then rod what would you say is your partner's best financial habit
4: So two things. One is she is obsessive about getting the best deals, whether it's like grocery shopping or getting hotels when we travel. So she coupons like a mad woman. It's just amazing. Getting the best deals. And she's much more organized than I am. So she keeps the bills and everything more organized than I do.
5: Okay. And then this is what Phyllis thought you would say. She said, saving as much as I can from the paycheck and putting leftover money each pay period into the house savings. So I'm assuming those savings are coming from all her coupons and everything.
4: <laughs> There's that. There is that. She is right.
5: So then we also asked Phyllis what what does she think your best financial habit is and she said saving as much as we can before we see the paycheck. So taking it out of those direct Ooh, deposits there. Nice.
2: Good
4: one. <laughs> Very good.
5: And then Rod, what did you what did you think Phyllis would say about you?
4: I thought she would probably say something about me being focused on saving for retirement, long-term savings, uh, because that's kind of my obsession. So how do we get to retirement? One of those being we have to pay off the house.
5: Well, it's all about saving, so I think that matches up pretty good. Yeah. Rod and I are on the same page. Retire as early as humanly possible. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, why don't we do one more question and then we can wrap up and see who has the most points. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so question five. Christina, how long were you in your relationship before you decided to combine your finances? So Mark and I lived together before we got married. And Mark is,
0: oh my gosh, this is gonna come out so wrong. A, a bit lazy and, and <laughs> procrastinator. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. But um, Mark, so I would... if you need
2: to talk, let me know. <laughs>
0: yeah. so I I... Mark
2: and Zach are going to need a therapy session after, after this, this
0: We're going to need a marital therapy after this. <laughs> um, So he probably handed it over very early. So I would say within like the first year of our relationship, he moved all of his accounts in like we had a joint account.
5: Very close. He said about a year and a half. Yes. Very close. Good job. All right.
0: I still might be sleeping on the couch though.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What about you, Will?
1: You know, I'm thinking that the stuff that we do have combined, I think we did that after we got engaged. Mm. And I think that that
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs>
1: well, okay. So we got married a little over a year ago. We got engaged. So two years ago. So it was probably about three years into the relationship, but it was like right around the time we got engaged.
5: Okay. That's actually what, what Zach said. He said, oh. confession, we still don't use joint checking accounts, no. but we did start combining things about two and a half, three years in. Yeah. There you go. Very good. Yay. Okay. Jordan, I'll let you take this one. Um, how long were you in a relationship before you decided to combine finances with Katie?
2: Yeah. So we, again, we didn't really start combining until we uh, were engaged, started saving for the house. So about five years in, I'd say.
5: Mm -hmm. And then Katie, what did you say? I said a little over five
3: years because we didn't start until we were saving for the house.
5: Yay. Good job. Awesome. Okay. Rod, what about you and Phyllis?
4: (laughs) Kind of the same answer about time we got engaged. So probably seven years, six, seven years
5: into the relationship, she said about eight years, two years before you were married. Does that about oh, Well,
4: that's when I got engaged. I proposed after seven years. okay. So, she, needs, a year she, she needs to
5: refresh so long. Come so on. I'm going to stick to that. Answer.
4: awesome. <laughs> okay, seven years, eight years. It was a long time ago, but it seemed like yesterday.
5: I was going to say. I know. I'm going to give you a point for that, that one. slack.
2: They've got <laughs> almost 30 years of history. I can't remember what I did last weekend. It's, that's incredible. I just
1: sat here struggling over five years. I was like, yeah. wait, which year of the five was it? <laughs> I
2: think we can give them that point. We'll, yes.
0: we'll give no, them that No, for sure. You definitely got that. that point. (laughs) All right.
5: So, Lauren, are you going to tally everything up and tell us who the winner is? Yes. Let's take a quick break because my math skills are not that fast. And then we'll be back. So, we'll be right back.
0: All right. We're back. The scores have been tallied. And Lauren, who? I mean, it's going to be me. I know. Like, it's going to have to be.
5: Let's see. Drum roll. We have a three-way tie. (laughs) Between Will and Zach. Okay. (laughs) Katie and Jordan. Uh Uh-huh. And Rod and Phyllis. Oh. Oh. Sorry, Christina. You know what? We're all winners,
0: and I think.
1: Oh, says the loser.
0: (laughs) Oh no. You know who the real winner is? Rod and Phyllis have been married and together for 30 plus years. Bravo to you guys. That's amazing. Well
4: done. That is amazing. I can't remember my kids' names. After that.
0: <laughs> Being with someone for that long, that is just outstanding. Congratulations to you and Phyllis. And, and that was so much fun. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you guys for playing along. I appreciate it. <laughs>
1: And thanks to all three of you for being here today. (laughs) That was fun. This has been really helpful. And I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot. I know I did.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Rod, from Experian for joining us again. I hope we'll touch base again. We'll have you back.
4: That would be great. This is a lot of fun.
0: Rod, can you tell our listeners where they can watch some more of your YouTube videos that are so informative on the Experian YouTube page?
4: Sure. If you search Experian YouTube, I I can. you're going to ask me and I don't remember the URL off the top of my head, but uh, we're on Crowdcast once a month. We do interviews on consumer topics or uh, we call it the credit verse. So anything within the credit verse. So search experian credit verse you can search hashtag credit chat find us there and just search experian education uh, on youtube and you'll find videos that answer all sorts of consumer questions about credit reporting and credit scoring and fraud and id theft all of those things Uh, and just visit experian.com and you'll find lots of education resources there as well
0: excellent thank you so much and jordan and katie Congratulations on our sweet newlyweds. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: It's It's been a pleasure. We have done a lot of newlywed type games recently. <laughs> and I will say this is the one we've done the best on. Hey! So thank you for some really good questions. Yeah,
0: Probably the most important one too.
2: Absolutely. Good
0: game, everyone. Well, we're going to have Jordan and Katie back for the rest of our series. So we're going to learn more about how compatible they are throughout the rest of our m- Love plus money series. New challenges
2: to come. Yes. All right. We'll have to see if we can uphold our uh, winning streak there.
0: (laughs) All right, Will. Are you ready? This is our favorite segment called What What Did did We we Learn learn today?" Today?
1: So I will start. I don't know that I learned this today, but I think it was a good reminder. And I like a lot of what Katie was talking about, being vulnerable with your partner. I think having these conversations can be really tough. And especially when you're new to the relationship, I think there's a lot of anxiety around are they going to judge me for maybe what I owe or the way I've been spending or whatever it might mm-hmm. be and I think that if you're able to be vulnerable and on the receiving end of that being able to accept what your partner is giving you and and working through any issues and and like Jordan had mentioned being giving that kind of like positive and en- encouraging reinforcement is really important
0: that was such a great a great moment that Katie shared with us. What I, again, I I kind of already knew this, but I love that Rod brought it back up is starting with the goal in mind, starting somewhere positive, starting with early retirement or paying off the house or a dream vacation, and then coming together to set those goals to then do it and experience it together. So that, that was my big takeaway for today.
1: Well, at the end of each show, we share a resource that our listeners can use to make it count in their lives. Christina, we have an awesome resource today. Can you tell everyone about it?
0: Of course. It's called The Principal Guide to Achieving Financial Security When Settling Down. So it's got tons of information about what you want to do to get ready when you're settling down, whether it's your new couple or starting and growing your family. You can download it from Addition Financial's Resource Center, and we'll put up the link in our show notes and just check it out there.
1: Thanks again for listening. And we look forward to connecting with you next time on
0: Making Making It It Count. Count.
1: And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count.
0: If you learned something new, were inspired to reach your financial goals,
1: or just found us entertaining,
0: please subscribe, share, or rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app.
1: And don't worry, we'll be back soon with another new episode of Making Making It It Count. Count.